Já viu rico namorar pobre? This week we are talking sexuality, which is when we talk all things related to sex, sexuality, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I wanted to bring up this week, there has been some discourse on in the realm of gay Twitter this week, which for any straight people, gay, gay people know what gay Twitter is. For straight people, gay Twitter is this like deep realm of Twitter that's just nothing but gay men talking about chaos all day long. And... It's very entertaining, but there's always something crazy happening and some major topic of conversation going on. And this week, it is the topic of gay men being referred to as cis or girl or more feminine pronouns. Um, and I think this opens up an interesting conversation when it comes to uh, where this you know, where this name calling is coming from. Um, because initially whenever I saw it, I was under the impression that it was like gay men being upset about being referred to as girl or like she or her. And like, I'll be fully honest, I mean, I refer to everybody as, and unless they specifically have expressed like, you know, they go by he, him pronouns. Um, and I'm respecting pronouns that are a part of them. I typically just by default, I'm like, oh yeah, that girl over there. Or like, oh, she's dealing with this or she's dealing with that. It throws my straight coworkers off all the time. So at first I was thinking that this was gay men talking to gay men and people were not like being called cis, but it seems to actually be more along the lines of straight people referring to gay men as cis and her and she. And that is a completely different side of the conversation. Um, and so this week, since we have Dan here, I thought it was interesting if we talked about this a little bit to get another perspective on it. Like, Dan, what are your your thoughts on? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I'm totally guilty of also calling like people within my own tribe, she or girl or like all the time. That's just like something that like we do like, oh, no, she was not ready for that. But like she sure. is I mean, <laughs> insert character here, like doesn't matter. Um, but if it's coming from across the aisle as if, if that's actually what it is that I'm less comfortable with that because that's not your, that's not your culture to claim. Like you, you, I don't know that you are coming at me from a place of empowerment in the same way that I'm coming at you from a place of inclusion. So yeah, it's like I like you, if your intent is even slightly off, it reads bad in the whole room. Like, that's not what I'm here for. And this goes back to like last like a couple weeks ago, whenever I was talking about Austin and my issues with Gay Weekend in Austin and first splash there and stuff, which was all of the bachelorette parties and straight women who basically are treating all the gay men. there like animals like zoo animals, basically. And like it comes down to, you know, you do one thing. 
I, you know, I literally get my wallet out and I pay for a drink with cash. And all of a sudden a straight girl's like, yes, queen, you better pay with that cash. Like shit like that. You know what I mean? That's like, I'm literally doing a basic human task. You have no right that to talk to me that way. literally like, just actually physically <laughs> repulsed me. It's one of those things that like with, and you see it with straight women and it comes down to the whole, like, especially the ones who are self-proclaimed fag hags or as Billy on the street determined in one of his episodes that they're actually homo honeys is what they're calling themselves now. Yeah. That's that's the the more inclusive. (laughs) It's like this weird, like fetishization of, of, of gay men and gay culture. And there is always something off color about a straight woman talking to me and the lingo that I would use with my gay friends and vice versa. And so yeah, it, 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 it's it's not really there's not a whole lot to say on the topic, but that's basically what's going on. It's not something that I'm really comfortable with when it comes from straight people. What do you guys have to say, Amanda and Cherry? I do have a question. Do you I'm asking the two gay people on this pod. Do you feel the same way when black women do it? I have a problem in general with straight people using gay terminology. That being said, I also am not too ignorant to understand that a lot of gay lingo and a lot of the language that gay men use with each other comes from black women. And that's something that I do accept and understand to where in all honesty, I don't, I guess, I guess there is a part of me that I haven't actually thought about that question until now. And it's a great question. And it brings up a great topic of conversation. Because it is like it comes and that's where it's something that's been in the topic of of, um, in a gay topic for a long time. Is that like, is there this on the other hand of it? Is there also a bit of a fetishization with gay men in using black women and and the culture of black women? So it's interesting. That is an interesting question. And I actually have not thought about it, but I, I guess you're right. I totally agree. A lot of what gets absorbed and claimed as gay culture does not originate in gay culture, but it's, in my opinion, it's already so blurry and it is now gay culture, whether you want it to be or not. We're not citing the origin point. We're just using it as a part of what we know. So it does feel different when it comes from a woman of color because they that culture does use a lot more pet names and an affectionate type of calling like that. That's part There's an of authenticity and a normalcy to it. Yes, it feels genuine and like it also feels like it's loving and inclusive. When someone is saying, yes. girl, like a straight hetero dude, like a super butch dude who is not a fan of, like not someone who has made it clear and evident that they are an ally and when it's coming out of nowhere that yeah i'm gonna turn my head that's not something that i'm like looking for or going it's weird to. yeah and it yeah. feels offensive like yeah well, it does shane i feel like we actually just came on this topic the other day when i was saying i was like honestly maybe for my 30th birthday we should go on a trip what about mexico and you were like oh me and thomas are actually planning to go to this festival party whatever in mexico that's typically put on for members of the LGBT community. And I said, that's amazing. 
I'm probably not going to go though. My Not because I don't want to go and I don't feel comfortable. I am of the belief that some things are for some people and it's okay. We should let people have their things because it's a celebration of who they are. They get to come together in, and rejoice in the fact that we are a group belonging to this identity together. We don't have any outside like influences to deteriorate our experience. I feel the same thing about certain things that belong to black women. For example, I'm thinking Essence Fest in New Orleans. I don't want to see men, non-black people. It is an experience for black women. I'm going there because I want to experience this thing with people who have a unique shared experience to me. I think that is this conversation is in that same vein. You, you can still be an admirer of a certain group of people without now, now appropriating their culture. And it's like very bizarre and strange. Not only should you not say it to gay men, you shouldn't say it at all. Don't be going to your friends talking about sis girl, da, 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 da. If that's not something that's in your culture's vernacular, black people, they just be talking like that. Cause that's how black people talk. If you, if that's not something that belongs to your cultural lexicon, you don't need to be doing it because that is appropriation at this point. And I want to jump on that, like, to also say that, like, that that does not mean that just because you are a hetero cis character, this cannot be your culture. Like, yeah. I have I have plenty of straight friends who watch Drag Race and literally are like spilling tea the house down boots. Like, it's literally like that's part, <laughs> but it's part of their culture now that yeah. they are part of the family like they are clearly an ally supporting when it matters being a voice of being a voice when the voice is not being granted like that that's what being an ally is and and you do get to like earn that badge to a degree like you're allowed to embrace it as long as it's not offensive at all like and there there that also brings up i mean we were i was talking to a man about this the other day also whenever we were having this conversation is that like i also will be the first to admit like i understand straight women coming to a gay bar there is something about that that is this is somewhere that straight women can expect to go out to and not be harassed not be hit on all night like they can go have a good time with their friends i understand why bachelor parties go to gay clubs i don't have a problem with that However, the second that you start trying to include yourself without an understanding of the culture, you start trying to include yourself in the vernacular or in the culture or the practices, like, or even something as like, you know, for instance, in Austin, you're going into the, the basement level where it's, a, it's just a bunch of shirtless gay men or gay men in harnesses all making out with each other. And it's in a dark room. And it's like, that's maybe not the place for you. Like, there are just certain things about it that like stop as long as you're not treating people literally like zoo animals and fetishizing them and you are being an ally you're supportive you're just there because it's somewhere that you feel comfortable that's completely fine whenever you treat it like it's an event that like oh we're going to the gay bars tonight that's when it's like okay 
Like now it's become, it's become an event. It's become a situation. What I was going to say is I think people need to be thankful of the fact that people are accepting them into these spaces where they don't belong. Just like if you're a non-black person and you're in a primarily black club, just appreciate that you're allowed to be here and that people are letting you soak in this culture and just have that be enough. If you're at a gay club, be thankful. Oh, I'm so glad that people are accepting me into this space, even though I don't belong to this group and have that be enough. And that's all I have to say. Well, there's been too many times where straight women have have been in in clubs where I've been on the situation where like straight women who I assume are there because they want to have a good night out without dealing with men and harassment end up becoming the harassers in the sense that they start talking to you about like, well, have you ever been with a woman? Have you ever tried it with a woman? Like, how do you know? Blah, 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 blah. Oh my God. And it's like, okay, now you're becoming the exact thing that I assumed that you were here to get away from. That's a problem. Cherry, I know you had something to say, so please. Okay. So Dan, you actually clarified something for me during this conversation that made so much sense. Um, you talked about like, welcome to the family. Well, there are degrees to a family, right? So like you have your cousins, you have your aunts, you have your mom, you have your grandparents. And it's like, I feel like sometimes, yes, a lot of these terms like girl, they are intersectional. So I would say, hey, girl, to my friend or to my cousin, but I would never say, hey, girl, to my aunt or to my grandmother. And I feel like in to use cis as a great example, I say cis to black women all the time. Like, Amanda, what's going on, cis? But I would never call Shane, who is my very close friend, cis. That means something literally completely different never. to him. I would literally Ever. never in my life look at never Shane and be situation. like, hey, sis. Right. But also, you guys totally could, and I wouldn't think anything of it, but I also see where you're coming I mean, from. That's nice, but I'm not a part of that community that does call you sis. No, I'm not that. either, because I have standards. Right. I'm not doing things like that, because I know what it that feels like when it's done to me, exactly. and I don't in- appreciate it. Every time right. one of my white coworkers who has no problem call every- calling everybody else by their name comes up to me and goes, hey, girl. I feel it every time. I'm ten, ready to fight. Her name is Ashley, but all of a sudden I'm a girl. Girl, Girl. right? Exactly that. (laughs) Exactly that. Right there. Yeah, yeah, girl. You about to get some girl right now? Right. You about to see world? You about to see world? Uh oh. See, and then to like bring it full circle, like to like top of episode. I think for me, I am now at a place where I don't respond or react in a way that's like 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 at the end of the day it's not that deep like like i understand Mm -hmm. that you don't understand it's not that deep (laughs) yes i agree with you and i think whenever you belong to a marginalized group of people you kind of have to choose your battles i will say something i've tried to be better at is correcting people without being offensive right where it's like you don't know and that's true and this is innocent but like we can't go on it's 2021 we can't go on living life not knowing so bitch i'm about to tell you and now you know and you're about to do it no more it's over. But I'm not trying to be hostile. <laughs> I'm not but... being hostile, but you need to be a functioning member of society yeah. and I'm trying to help you out. So I'm about to let you know, hey, can I talk to you for a second? When you called me girl back then, that was weird. I'm Amanda. It's fine. We don't need to talk about it forever. I'm just letting you know. Now, if you do it again, we're about to talk, but I'm going to politely. Okay, girl. Yeah, they do. Every <laughs> every damn time. Oh, my God. I like your hair. Is that a weave? Oh, no. Hey, girl, I have a 
weave too. I'm like, bitch, you're the only person in the room with the weave. This is my hair. <laughs> Can I tell you one time I actually like, and this, this felt rare for me. Like this is not something that happened often, but there was one time specifically I had the full, like, can I touch your hair? And I did not want them to and said no. And it happened anyway. When I tell you, I have never felt that way in my life. And my, my roommate, Laura, who is an ally, a white sister, we love her. She's a friend. Um, she was literally looking and making eye contact with the other people at the bar the entire time because it was like a whole thing. I was so enraged in a way that I had never felt before. <laughs> because you're literally acting like this is a fucking petting zoo is what I'm getting no, from this. And then, and then, and then the thing is, he was like trying to claim that like, oh, it's okay because like my child has hair like this. I'm like, that does not excuse us at all. If anything, you should understand further. You're fetishizing that that makes it worse. (laughs) Okay, so um, my royalty this week is not nearly as interesting, but it's sexuality. 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 Oh yeah, you're sorry, sorry, sorry. See, I came up with these damn segments. I don't even know what the fuck they're called. My sexuality for this week um, is not nearly as interesting, but I am curious to hear what you guys have to say about this. So, do you all know who Tinks is? She's an influencer on TikTok. Okay. No. I'm not going to lie. I don't really subscribe to the in- influencer influence. I love Tinks though. I think she is really, dare I say, for fear of being cliche, relatable. I think she's relatable. Um, she's known as TikTok's big sister is what they call her because she's 30. And she, I appreciate the content she puts out because it's relevant to my life. Um, she became famous on TikTok for what she calls her box theory. Basically, in her mind, within 30 seconds of meeting you, she says a man will put you in one of three boxes. They know right away that they either want to date you, want to sleep with you, or want nothing to do with you. And she says, there's really not much of anything you can do to change their mind about that. She's like, if a guy decides he wants to sleep with you, you could literally barf directly on his lap and he's still going to fuck you because of the box theory. He knows right away what he wants and he's not really going to oscillate from that. Um, People have varying opinions on whether or not they think this is true. I would love to hear everyone's opinions on this. I think it's really interesting. I'm also specifically really interested in the thing about how it will not change. There is no, uh, like, tell me more about that. Is that, so she's saying like, I mean, could you go up in a rank? Like someone who wants to sleep with you all of a sudden. So no, it's just whatever they put you in, in the first 30 seconds, that's it. Yes. Well, that's not true because oftentimes someone will be attracted to you and then they don't want anything to do with you. You can easily go into that category. <laughs> yeah. but, like, but I feel like, um, okay, I my thoughts are, I think it's true. But, but, think, uh, but from a first impression standpoint, you can't change a first impression. So I, I think I think her theory is true. This is why I think you can meet someone and be attracted to them and be in denial about whether or not you either want to sleep with them or be with them. You don't change your mind. You're simply coming to terms with what that thing is, right? Like the, your mind hasn't been changed. I know that's happened to me many times where like, 
in at the time i'm like well i changed my mind about them i actually do like them but in retrospect it's like i always fucking liked them i was just lying to myself about whether or not i wanted to pursue something with them but it didn't matter anyway because i wanted to and i ended up doing that you know what i mean but at that point does that not break the box theory in the sense that like you essentially put them in the box of like oh i like them from the from the very beginning like does the, mm, I guess this, this is the question. Good. Does the person know which box they are putting them into? No, no. They may not be aware of the box, but they're you're in a box. So basically, this theory alleviates the pressure that a lot of people feel when they're dating people where it's like, oh, my gosh, I really want him to like me. It's like that doesn't matter because he he either wants to sleep with you, be with you or wants nothing to do with you right away. No matter what you fucking do, he's either likes you, doesn't like you or wants something okay, to do with you. But this box theory is specifically using the lens of someone who is approaching someone who is dating or, or looking for dating. Yes, and you're, and yes. I don't like how it puts you as the person who is the subject of the survey in yes. these boxes. I don't like that. I think you should be more open to other types of relationships. I think it's while rare you can have a like a, a what's the word i'm looking for um like a non-relationship based relationship with the opposite sex although those are not like recommended when you're moving into a dating type space but i don't i don't like what that does for your perspective of it all like you need to place more value on who you are as an individual and think of yourself as more than the object of being slept with being dated or being dismissed because that's not who you are ever so i agree Come on, Dan. i don't i don't yeah i don't know that i agree with it simply with like Dan's explanation of it like i think that that puts it more on it puts it less on the person who's putting the person in the box and more on the person who's being put in the box and i think at that point i would go like i, I don't know i don't i don't well, i don't know that i believe it at the beginning of this episode you guys did say is this going to be girls versus gays and i'm on amanda's side with this i do think maybe it's a heterosexual thing, but I do find that that's how straight men date. I have been told before, I have been told before, um, in like intimate situations, quote unquote, I just can't do that to you. Bitch, do what? I wanted you to do a bunch of things to me. What are you talking about? I thought we were going down that road. And that makes a lot of fucking sense, Amanda, that three box theory, because they have already placed me in a box that they're definitely not doing one or two. They're like, I want nothing to do with you. I did also say like, it's for like dating and I'm a lot less versed in Mm -hmm. hetero dating, even dating in general. Like I I didn't have to do much to find mine. So (laughs) that means you did it right. It. Yeah, gays are not exactly, and <laughs> I, I don't mean right. to speak for the whole gay community, but they're not. We're not exactly known for like being well, well, well versed in dating, and like neither are we. Well, I think I did a good job. I'm just going to give myself credit there. Good like, for you, like girl. We dated, we like power dated, and we got through like big not power dating. Things, right? I mean, it honestly, our first month of dating was the there were so many dates in the first month, like within two weeks, there were at least four or five dates of meeting each other. Like we like, we had a very like 
okay, we connected, we like this, where are the values? What's your history? Like, what, what are you looking for? Like, it worked. And, and we're now like three plus years in. But I would argue that's exactly what dating is right there. And yeah. Well, for me, dating is literally always about intent. Like, if what is the purpose of dating? Like, are you just trying to get it off? Because then you're also using the three box system on your own. Like, and that's what I was going to say. I think yeah. the box theory, a lot of people have a lot of harsh initial reactions, but I think it's human nature. I don't think it's necessarily something bad. I think for a lot of women, we spend a lot of time wondering, does he like me? How can I get him to like me? If I do this, will he not like me? If I sleep with him, does he think I'm a whore? Now he's never going to date me. The box theory tells you no matter what you do, that doesn't matter. If he wanted to date you and you sleep with him within 10 minutes of meeting him, he's going to date you regardless. If he just wants to sleep with you and you guys end up talking for six months, you're going to sleep with him and you're never going to be in a relationship with him. That's not going to change. And I think what it does is it alleviates a lot of the pressure off of women specifically because we're groomed to think, how do I get him to like me? She also has a reverse box theory, which I think is important to mention. Basically what the reverse box theory is, is the fact that women automatically put all men into a box before they even know them. And that box is do I want, I want to date him is the box. We don't know him. We know nothing about him. He has not proven he is trustworthy or someone we should date. We automatically put him in that box because it's grooming for women. We exist as women as just an accessory to men. Even me, a liberated woman, I find myself being trapped in these thoughts where it's like, I'm on a date with someone. I'm like, Oh my gosh, am I putting my best foot forward? Is he going to like me? Did I do my makeup? Well, it's like, fuck that. It doesn't matter because he knows within 30 seconds of seeing you, whether or not he wants to date you, fuck you or never talk to you again. I'm going to counter that with, it doesn't matter because you shouldn't let it matter. <laughs> like if you think and this you helps not it letting it matter, this work, helps. Yeah. It. I can, I can see it being useful as like an evaluative tool to continue moving forward with this person or not. But I don't think that is really where you should be placing a lot of worth because that doesn't place the worth on you. It, it places yes. the worth and on I, his and opinion. I, and I think, I think, I hear what you're saying. I think for me, the reverse box theory or the regular box theory it gives me my power back where it's like, honestly, it doesn't matter what I do. You're going to have your opinion either way, you know? So like now I spend zero time thinking about it. I definitely see how the feeling of empowerment is achieved with the, yeah. with the with the like perspective you were giving like and because I'm putting so much less effort on like whether or not what I'm doing is going to change his mind about me now I can focus on things like do I actually like him like I'm not so worried about if he likes me so now I can actually think about do I actually fucking like this guy or is he like such a fucking bore and it's an interesting perspective, like coming into, you know, I mean, as, as Sherry joked about like girls versus gays, like the, the basic matter is we are all a product of societal standards and community standards within our own individual communities. You two as black women, us two as gay men, like there is a certain element there that like, I think when it comes to dating, like gay men are and this, this is being very just, you know, straightforward gay men dating gay men 
is dating within the same community. You two dating men is dating within two different sexes, two different societal expectations and two different upbringings and literally centuries and centuries and centuries of, of, of breeding basically to where it, it, it makes complete sense that you guys would have a different interpretation of this box theory than we would. And like, I think that's super, super interesting. Yeah, it's definitely a hot topic. It's caused a lot of debate on social media because there are people on both sides of the fence where it's like reducing people to boxes is like reductive and not productive. But then there are people like myself who are like, well, if I if he's already putting me in a box that alleviates the pressure of me feeling like I have to do something to get him to get something from him. You know what I mean? Like he's going to do what I he's going to do. At the end of the day, that's that's biology, because like we are hardwired as like a born male or born female, there are certain traits that we just evolutionarily have, like that we are looking in the core of our DNA for the most diverse compatible match to produce the strongest offspring. At the end of the day, that's what you are trying to do. And you are naturally discerning that. What I don't like about the box theory is putting that filter on it and abiding by that filter because that's then you're subscribing to the logic. I would be so interested to add another perspective into this, which would be female identifying like in the sense of like lesbians, basically like what is the perspective on that? Like you've got two, you've got two men, you've got women and men. And then I would be really interested to see what it would be between like two women, like what that perspective and what that would bring into this conversation, because I do think that it would be different. I think there's, this is a really interesting topic of conversation. It is. Now I will say Tink's, when she introduced this theory says it's men who do this because men have a tendency to zero in on things and it's like really difficult for men to like evolve and change their minds women a lot of the times through our conditioning we don't even have our mind made up from the beginning because we're just just going with what life gives us so i don't know that this theory does apply to to female identifying people dating each other it would be interesting I love this. This is like so up my alley because of yeah, like, so cool. my parents are too. Like. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I know Dan's parents are, well, I'll let you talk about your parents because they're your parents. I mean, so they're literally, so long story short, they are sex therapists who deal in like the Christian space. So my Tiddly. mom is like, oh, wow. yeah. So it's like, it's very meet the fuckers and like the whole, like, gay taboo like it, it's like it there's a there are a lot of levels to this reality program <laughs> yes but it's really interesting i'm glad we talked about it with you on the pod sherry what i feel like you had something to say and i cut you off back then um i would also be interested to see how this works from a trans perspective coming from someone who is cis specifically because i was having this conversation um with i don't know I think it was you two. And the question was, would I date someone trans? And based on that box theory, that takes being trans out of the question. It's like, if you do just the box theory, you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, men do that. And that's why men get upset when they find out that their partner is trans. And they're like, hey, you lied to me type thing. And it's like, but for me, I'm looking at it and I'm like, based on that theory, that means I will date you. 
<laughs> yeah. So I think that would be fascinating to, exp- I think that's when the uh, experiment would actually work. You know, this sparked way more debate than I expected, but I'm glad that I brought it up because honestly, I have been thinking about it for a while and I don't know. I feel like as a a straight woman who dates, unfortunately, straight men, um, I in my life, this has proven to be true. Any guy that I have that has given me that I want to date you energy from day one, I have ended up dating any guy that's been kind of like, you know, casual about it. Those are signs that you either want nothing to do with me or you just want to sleep with me. And that's what it ends up being. It is like very evident from the start. I mean, it it is. And that's why I think it was also somewhat successful with me and Andy, like my partner, like we expressed interest immediately. Like we reinforced that upon meeting each other. And since day one, it's been nothing but like support for the other person. Like it's, that's, and oh, those are it. things that if Drop you're looking for like in the a, box, because I just need it. So, I mean, if that's what, if you're looking for ultimately a successful relationship, if that's truly what you want, then this is what you have to look for and can accept nothing less. Cause that's what you're worth. Like, Absolutely. 100%. And that's why, um, right now I'm having some trouble because I'm looking for a diamond in the rough. And so far it's just rough. Um, Sherry, what is your sexuality for this week? My sexuality is quite spicy as per usual. Shane sent me something on Twitter that really just, I think it sparked a little debate that he didn't know was going to happen, which is really, really funny. This is, let me pull up the tweet. Here it is. So he sent this to me and it's from, I think that's from a woman. A woman wrote gagging during a BJ, AKA a blowjob is one of the most romantic things. I'm choosing his eggplant emoji over oxygen. First of all, I have heard this said by men so often someone at my old job he was like yeah i love when women gag on me because it means that they're really committing themselves bitch what you want someone to impale herself to make you feel good what the fuck what what are you what are you what does that mean like you would you are willing for someone to not breathe so you can jack off i mean i will say that I have been blessed with a very high tolerance. That said, when I am more stressed and like, I mean, truly stressed, even brushing my teeth will trigger a gag reflex. Interesting. So so I do think there's something to be said about you got to be like in it and comfortable and with it. Um, I also think that porn has influenced a lot of people's experiences and on in porn, they are more trained to do more. They have learned some tricks and techniques that would maybe give them a little bit more comfort when guzzling on something <laughs> not guzzling but i think it's totally normal to have a gag like response when in the act you know that's like 
part of a human design flaw. True. Shane, let's hear from our resident super swallower. Um, oh my God. <laughs> you can probably, right, shut the fuck up. You can probably swallow a stop sign hole. Do you gag on a penis? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Hang on. Everybody rewind for a second. I'm going to go back. I'm going to talk to Tan for a second. As a, as a counter to that, I personally do not have a very strong natural gag reflex. It, it takes a lot to trigger that, if anything, to be totally honest. See, I told you. Um, I've had dentists dentist <laughs> fucking re- reference it before. They're like, they're like, oh, usually like I'm way back in there. And I'm like, ah, it's fine. Um, but how does a dentist know that? I mean, a typical dentistry work should not induce a gag reflex from my experience. I guess good dentistry work. I know Sherry has like more experience with, with family that deals in dentistry, but like not I her mom. would say... <laughs> I would say here. Yeah, my mom's a dentist. (laughs) I know. To bring it back to the topic at hand, I have had situations where this says probably more about me than the person and more about my own like societal like understandings. And probably as a as a reference and as an understanding based on like porn consumption. There have been many times where I have said, okay, you know what? Let me like act like I'm gagging right now because it gets it elicits a response that is positive for the person that I am performing on. You know what I mean? To where there is in that moment, in my mindset, I am pleasuring this person. I want this person to feel pleasured. And if that is something, Amanda, I don't know why you're dying right now. I am not mature enough for this conversation. I just need to go ahead and say, I need to leave because I I am a kid. I'm a child. Okay. Let me just go ahead. I just, I will say, I think there is something about it that is, is, is listen, like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and gag on this dick because like I, I, there is, it's making that person feel good about themselves because men have this understanding that they connect their confidence in many ways, especially tops that, that (laughs) as the resident bottom here tops that, that associate their own confidence in their own self-expression to their appendage. And that that is what gives them confidence and makes them feel worthy of being a man, being a tough, I don't fucking know. But anyways, I fully think that once again, I did not expect this conversation to come from me sending you a meme on Twitter, but like, yeah, I've done it before. And I think that it's something that many people have done, whether it's a result of porn or not, that choking or gagging is something that we think inherently makes that person feel good about themselves because it makes them feel empowered and it makes them feel good about themselves. Let me shut the fuck okay. up. I, 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 I understand what you're saying. <laughs> Can I talk for a second? Go ahead, Sherry. A friend told me, right? So I was talking to her and she was like, yeah, this is the same person that actually it was two different people. We were having a conversation with a guy and then a girl was like, yeah, I mean, I've thrown up on a, on a penis before. And I was like, what? And totally. She was like, yeah, I told him like, listen, don't thrust. And he did it anyway, which caused my friend to regurgitate on the D. Regurgitate. Like like projectile, like with chunks 
or they're not chunks, not chunks, not chunks. I don't know the details, and I hope to God that it was not projectile because that would have to stop the entire session. <laughs> but um, yeah, from what I heard, that person had to get it together real quick and be like. I'll be right well, back. I'm curious. I'm curious because, like, I feel like there's a different understanding in the gay world. Not mm-hmm. that I can put myself in the same experience because I have never actually gagged on a dick before. Um, right. But what I'm wondering is how the hetero character involved handled the situation. Was it gracefully? Was it understanding? I feel or was like it traumatic. I feel like there's no, there's These no are great men we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I mean, some gay men are like nice about it. Like, I mean, we, no. but we also know the realm that we're getting into. Like, okay. Wow. <laughs> but, so like, great men are just what I understand, it was super um, embarrassing. Yes. And I do not know how the male in that situation took that. However, it just goes to show like people are really trying to make, others like gag and sometimes it's not comfortable like and obviously men they have bigger features than women and that is actually hurting what is going we on wrap this, up. this is just absolutely <laughs> ridiculous at this point this like, is two hours of tomfoolery two hours of just bullshit like what is going on <laughs> i didn't think that this sexuality was gonna go this left like Okay, well, we we just need to go ahead and wrap this up. I hope you all have a great time. Right, literally. Because I don't know what the fuck. Dan, thank you so much for being here with us. I'm so sorry you had to witness this train wreck of an episode, but it was no, amazing having you here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I just want to, before, before you fully wrap things up, I just want to leave like a little, a little sprinkle of positivity on all of you. I think you guys need to do a better job of realizing that you are already living your truths and stop harping on yourselves so much. Like you guys are always talking about like when you are this person, like, no, I'm sorry. You're already this person. Are you not already like grinding and doing the work? Like just because you get the accolades and the following that does not, that does not validate your existence. Okay. I see all of you, all three of you, and you're all very loved. And thank you for putting on this podcast. Okay. Not us all about to cry in the club. Not me crying in the club. Dan, you are welcome at any time. You are much nicer than your sibling, who I'm not even going to mention because, like, honestly, what is the point? Leave her out of this. <laughs> I know. No, I love her. Shout out, Sinod. Hey, that's my girl. Okay. Yeah, you know she's going to get you for that. Hold on. We need to end this. You already know what we're about to do. Dan, you, you've you heard this show enough times. You know what the deal is. So it's a three, two, one. We, we out. Hey! That's a wrap.